Are you ready to do this? Sports Machine with Slim on a Monday. I was tired when I woke up today. Wasn't feeling great. But at least I'm not a real 49ers fan. Because if you are a San Francisco 49ers fan, you're feeling a lot worse than I did this morning, I think. In fact, at the bus stop this morning, as I was talking with the neighbor... I uh, uh, compared it, or I think they actually brought it up, when the Patriots lost that Super Bowl to the New York Giants when we had gone on a perfect 16-0 regular season, undefeated all the way into the Super Bowl. And we had had a history here, Patriots fans, of, of winning. Tom Brady was here, still in town. And we just all expected that, I mean, we're going to beat the Giants in that game. And you watch the game, and this was the one where the Tyree catch right against the helmet, just such ridiculous bad luck. And you wake up the next day like, wait a minute, did that really happen? Did we? Did the Patriots lose that game? Like, Are, are we serious? Eli Manning beat us? This they, they destroyed our perfect season, like our quested history, maybe all-time type stuff. All gone in the blink of an eye. And if you're a 49ers fan, I mean, don't you feel like, hey, that was your chance? That was like, dude, we should have won. The first two games they played in the playoffs here, Green Bay and Detroit, maybe you could say they should have lost. But when it came time to win, they did. They just turned it on. And maybe there was some good luck involved, whatever. Good teams make their own luck. See Kansas City. Last night. So we can talk about the game, Super Bowl. This is the Sports Machine with Slim, New Hampshire's next generation sports talk radio show. My voice is a little bit rough today, I will say. Hopefully uh, I can clear this thing up as we go on during the week because I did a lot of yelling over the weekend. Stayed up late, did a lot of dancing, had some good times. But the good times ended last night because I was rooting for San Francisco, definitely. For a variety of reasons, I I think number one, it's because, like, I don't know why, but I just haven't liked Patrick Mahomes through the years. But, I mean, really, what's not to like about the dude? I guess I don't love his brother. I guess, you know, reading online, his his wife's annoying and these different things. He's just, he he just doesn't look like the, the prototypical athlete that I would typically choose to root for. The haircut, maybe it's the haircut. Patrick Mahomes' haircut throws me off. I, I ultimately, I would probably blame it on that. But, I mean, today I'm waking up going like, dude, this guy is a winner. And he's in Tom Brady's class. I, I mean, what else is there to say? Because it's not just about Patrick Mahomes anymore and, like, how good he is as a player with the talent. It's about his ability to lead a team and motivate other players, even on a day when there's like some bad stuff kind of going against you. And yeah, there was bad stuff that went against San Francisco too on the other side. So we can talk all about that. If you want to call today, 603-224-1450 is the number. 603-224-1450. This is WKXL Radio. Kansas City. I don't even know who the owner is. It's a prestigious family or something, right? Like, But I could usually not care that much about that type of stuff. But I will say what I did like. Gets up there, the owner, after 
the game's over. He's getting the trophy. One of the very first things he says, I want to thank the Lord for this opportunity. And it's just a consistent pattern. I've said it before, and I just always find it interesting because nobody else talks about this stuff. That's why on the Sports Machine with Slim, we are Next Generation Sports Talk Radio because we just go next level and talk about some things that other people don't. One thing I'd like to talk about is the, the over-under betting line from yesterday, 47, 47 and a half. Kind of important yesterday, the outcome of that game where it was, uh, well, l- l- let me just finish up my point on the KC owner. I just like when people instantly say, hey, you know, thank you to whatever it is out there in the universe that's given me the opportunity to be in this situation and feel so great because the hoist that trophy, I'm sure, is absolutely tremendous. I mean, all the guys seem pretty happy. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes seemed happy. Travis Kelsey. Everybody, standard sports talk radio shows today, they're talking about Travis Kelsey, how he got up all in, in uh, Andy Reid's face during the game or whatever he pushed him and he's aggressive and he's, you know, he's got the, and everybody's got a comment about that stuff. Those people that have those comments, for the most part, never any bit of an athlete. <laughs> it's certainly not a competitive athlete that has the competitive fuel and fire and drive to win three Super Bowls, like champion, three-time Travis Kelsey. The, the reason why he was so mad is because he knew he could have been out there to help his team, and he wasn't given that chance. And when you work as hard as he does physically all year long to stay healthy, to build muscle, to eat the right way, complete dedication in your life, and then you add on top of this all the stuff you got going on when you're dating the world's number one celebrity and just the time and pressure that mounts in your your brain, when you want to go and play and win on the biggest stage, like, I don't want somebody taking away that opportunity from me. I worked to get here. I want to be on the field. I deserve to be on the field. I'm one of the best players. What are you doing taking me off? So in his mind, he wants to be responsible for helping his entire team to win. That's what that's about. That's not just about him complaining for himself. He's going up to the coach angry like that because he knows all the guys in the locker room have been playing that hard right along with him and practicing and uh, eating the right way and everything else they're doing, weightlifting. And they, he knows they want him out on the field too. So who cares? Andy Reid just was a little off balance and he's old. <laughs> <laughs> if there was a problem, Andy Reid would have said, hey, there's a problem. But if Kansas City had lost, this would be the only thing everybody's talking about. This would be all day long. You got everybody, regular radio stations. You don't have to just be a sports talk caller or host to be talking about that topic. Any any radio station would be, oh, Travis, Kelsey, this, he did that. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's why they lost or whatever it would be. So now that they win, what are you going to say? The guy's a winner. Travis Kelsey's a winner. Patrick Mahomes is a winner. That Chris Jones on the defensive side of things, that dude is a winner. I mean, I've seen him watching the game, and I forget one player on the offense for Kansas City did something just dumb, and Chris Jones right away gets up on like, like, what are you doing? This is what we talked about at the meeting, dude. You can't be dumb like that. You know, he, this Chris Jones guy. Remember at the beginning of the year, he was holding out, wasn't he? Pretty sure he wasn't in training camp. And Travis Kelsey said, hey, dog, we need you back here on the podcast. I remember that. And guess what? Chris Jones comes back and, uh, boy, Travis Kelsey, you were right, dude. Your defense did need him. And, I mean, 
What a what an organization. What a team. What a bunch of winners. Side note, I did see last night for people that aren't following the internet, uh, apparently a, a case of bubonic plague has been discovered in Oregon. Oregon health officials confirm first human bubonic plague case since 2015. Bubonic plague just sounds horrible. And I guess uh, I looked quickly into the history so I could, uh, you know, allay in concern any uh, uh, or, or um, dampen any concerns and fears you may have out there. Apparently bubonic plague, horrible, yes, but uh, much more uh, back in like the 14th century before I guess uh, there were antibiotics or something. So I, I think we've got it all under control. Still a little bit scary when you hear the first case of bubonic plague. Like, what is that, dude? I know I don't want it. Apparently someone in Oregon has it. Let's hope they don't give it to anybody else. And that's all. You got, I guess you get it from animals, whatever. We're going to move right through that. That just was random in case you're missing stuff. I'm out here doing work for you people. Do you understand? I'm putting in my time to research the internet and scrub out the, <laughs> the important stuff I'm going to bring back to you as I bring you the sports news of the day. Nobody's talking about the Celtics today, right? Of course not. This is New Hampshire. This is New England. I'll talk some Celtics. Do you know we have a five-game lead in the East? We have a four-game lead on every team in the NBA in the loss column. Celtics take down Miami yesterday. What was it? 110-106, something like that. Things got a little testy, I guess, between Jalen Brown and Duncan Robinson. Good Good, it should be. I, I want to see more anger, actually. I kind of didn't like what Jalen Brown did. I kind of thought it was a cheap shot. Could have could have hurt Robinson's arm, definitely. But you need somebody who's going to be mean, dude. Not, and not only be mean, like a Travis Kelsey, like, like then go out and win. You know, I, being mean and then, to, you know, and, and angry or whatever, like nobody's going to push me around and then losing, that's the... I don't want to root for that guy. <laughs> so, Celtics... Two games this week. We got tomorrow at Brooklyn, Wednesday at home against Brooklyn. That's it for the All-Star break. After that, the Celts are off for like eight days. Bruins, let's talk about them when we come back. I got to do more football, of course, but let's let's sprinkle things around here today on the Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. to blame when somebody loses you gotta blame them right you gotta <laughs> there's gotta be a problem i guess that's why i'm a little conflicted this morning the sports machine with slim i told y'all over the last really f- what let's say two months san francisco was gonna win it all this year in the nfl so i'm wrong i'm wrong on that i was definitely rooting for them last night from a financial standpoint too because i had bet some nice futures on San Francisco, parlayed with the Celtics to win it all, the Bruins to go to the finals for some big tickets. One was to win thirty-seven grand. Now that's out the window, right? I lose those. I had the other future, so I I did in fact bet Kansas City yesterday to offset. So I won a couple bucks on the game, but I wanted San Francisco to win, and I wanted to be right. And now I'm I'm wrong. San Francisco didn't win it all. If I had won, I would have been able to play all these great clips 
from the first few weeks of the show here, where we just started up, I think this is the ninth week now. And I could have been like, look how smart I am, everybody. <laughs> listen, let's listen to this tape from nine weeks ago when I was telling everybody San Francisco was going to win it all. <laughs> now I can't do that, so I regret this. I feel, I feel, you know, it's like robbed from me. And who robbed it from me? Well, let me read an article to you I saw on, on ESPN. And uh, it's just kind of funny how people accept blame. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, if we rewind back to the first drive of the game, right? San Fran, man, they look so good on that first drive. They're driving right down the field. Then out of nowhere, Christian McCaffrey fumbles? Third time this year, is that what I heard? And he says after the game, it's in the CSPN article, the first thing I think is I can't put the ball on the ground on the first drive, McCaffrey said. It's going to sting. Put that on me. Uh, Yeah, I I think I will. Like, you fumble, dude. You know, you don't have to tell me to put it on you. It's your fault. Like, you dropping the ball there might have cost your team the game. If you'd gone right down the field and put in a touchdown, it's a different mentality for everybody. Who knows? But, yeah, I am going to put that on you. Thank you for allowing me to do so. If we want somebody else to blame. Again, from this article, that was not the only costly mishap for San Francisco. With 2.42 to go in the third quarter and the Niners getting the ball back with a 10-6 lead, a special teams unit that was having a strong game took a turn for the worse. Kansas City punter Tommy Townsend. His kick sailed 40 yards to the Niners' 25-yard line where it hit off rookie cornerback Darrell Luter Jr.'s leg as he attempted to block for returner Ray Ray McLeod. Luter said he did not hear a Peter call, which is the signal to get out of the way. Like, I don't know. I might just yell, get out of the way next time. An alert. Whatever. Blah, 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 blah. McLeod said he had no regrets about how he attempted to catch or recover the ball. Well, yeah, the, the guy that was fielding the punt didn't do nothing wrong. And when he saw it bounced off the guy's leg, it was a great attempt. I mean, he just missed it. He, but he had to go after it. He didn't hesitate. He did everything right, except he didn't catch the ball. But the dude whose leg it bounced off of, Here's his quote. This looter, uh, it is a sucky feeling. It kind of makes you feel like, it kind of makes you feel as if it's all on you. That's what it kind of makes you feel like. Uh, that's because it is, dude. <laughs> it, it is all your fault. <laughs> it, it kind of makes you feel as if it's all on you. Uh, because it is all on you. Like If that didn't happen, San Francisco would have won the game. Are you not listening to the, the, the setup? Like They were up 10-6. to 6. Everything was going good. They're getting the ball back. And you, I don't know, weren't paying attention. You weren't doing the right thing. Whatever it was, you did the wrong thing, trust me, because you know, otherwise you wouldn't have been in the way getting hit by the ball. So there's blame to go around. I mean, the one person I can't really blame is Brock Purdy, who, if you listen to the preview show on Friday... As on the side pistol, nice job, buddy. Yep, you called Kansas City. Way to go. I was wrong on the year, especially when I heard you liked Kansas City. I was all over the other side. <laughs> I like San Francisco even more. But not I, you know, I still covered myself. So I'm, I'm in the middle back and forth here. But what are we going to do? Brock Purdy played pss, a good game. Debo Samuel goes out hurt again. Yeah, he came back. But it's just like, dude, when you're on that team... And this guy gets hurt every year in the biggest game of the year. And, and it happens again. It's just in your mind. It's like, oh, no. What just Oh, no. 
oh, this happened last year. It's like, it's just bring back negative vibes. Debo Samuel has to get cut, traded, whatever. Whatever you're going to do, you know, I, that's it. That's the San Francisco. That's it, dude. Like, this is akin to the Dallas Cowboys bringing back Mike McCarthy. You cannot do it and expect something different to happen. Debo Samuel cannot be on your team. And not only can he not be on San Francisco, he can't be on any other team either. Because any other team that he goes to, the same thing's going to happen. Why? Because it always does. Like, I like Debo Samuel. I've rooted for him a ton. I think he's a warrior. But he gets hurt every single time in a big game. You can't, like, put the rest of your players on the team through that, dude. And how about Dre Greenlaw? who I had a small play on because I had a leftover balance. I'm not betting sports football, uh, sports this year, but I did have a leftover free balance in my account, so I, I put $4.50 on Dre Greenlaw to win MVP at 200 to 1 odds. He would have paid 900 and something. And he started out the game great. First, two, first possession, he had two tackles all over the place. He's all jacked up. I'm texting my brother Dave. Dre Greenlaw, he, this guy looks super jacked up. And wouldn't you know, you know how jacked up he was? He was so jacked up, he went from standing on the sidelines to, like, apparently trying to run on the field faster than he normally might. Drops to the ground. Achilles injury. This dude tripped over a blade of grass. He didn't even trip. Like, there there was an obstacle of a blade of grass in his way and goes out of the biggest game of his life. How does that happen? How does it happen that you're standing on the sidelines... Everything's going good. Your team just made a, a, you know, a nice play. You're going out there, and you get injured just out of nowhere. It's like you know, the hand of God just strikes down on you. But the dude was too jacked up. Something, I mean, there was too much adrenaline. There was something going on there. How does that happen? That never happens. Well, how did that just happen? Greenlaw going out of that game. So San Francisco was staring down the barrel like all these bad things. You got McCaffrey fumbling, Dre Greenlaw injury. You got Debo out again. And still, they were in position to win. You got this rookie or whoever he was. The ball bounces off his foot. Nonetheless, they're still in position to win the game in the fourth quarter. It is tied 22 apiece, right? Okay, we're going to overtime. You start for the first time, and I'm sure if you're anything like me, first time, I had no idea there were any overtime rule changes. Nobody really knew about this. Maybe inside experts or something, but I hadn't heard anything about it, and I listened to everything. Well, guess what? The San Francisco 49ers players, they didn't know anything about it either, and that's now like the top story. I saw it on Twitter this morning. I was like, oh, what? Some of the reporters talking to the 49ers players after the game, and the players like, yeah, we, I didn't know there was anything. First time I heard about this, both teams getting the ball action, was when we saw it on the TV as we were going into overtime. <laughs> Meanwhile, the other side of the dial, Kansas City, their players said, yeah, we've been talking about this for two weeks, what our strategy was going to be if we go to overtime. So Kansas City was prepared. San Francisco, not prepared, right? And Kyle Shanahan's a guy now, come on, dude, 28-3. to You're up as the offensive coordinator. 
You lose to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and it was a direct result of horrible offensive play calling. I mean, you dropped Matt Ryan back when you shouldn't have. You should have been running the ball, taking time off the clock. He fumbles. Okay, so so you could be, oh, it's not his fault. But, it, it, dude, it definitely was partly his fault. And he's now been up by 10 points in two different Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes has won three Super Bowls, people. He's been down by 10 points in all three. If I'm San Francisco, I already said, Debo, you have to go. I, 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 I'm sorry. I don't know what Shanahan's contract is, but, dude, I'm calling Bill Belichick today and saying, please come and, like, coach our team if I'm the owner of the 49ers. I, I am doing that immediately. How can you bring back Kyle Shanahan again? How can you feel good about bringing this guy in when – I mean, you, you, what do you think is going to happen next year, dude? What, what do you think? You're going to go to the, the back there and win? You think that's what's going to happen? Well, I mean, that's kind of the insanity of doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. you got to do something different. All I'm telling you is you give Bill Belichick that defense for San Francisco, they're winning the Super Bowl, dude. The Steve Wilkes guy, the defensive coordinator – for San Fran, if I'm blaming somebody, that's my guy. That's my guy for not mixing things up, staying the same exact way against one of the best quarterbacks of all time, maybe the best. Tom Brady, I love you. I'm just kidding. Tommy, Tommy's number one. Sports Machine with Slim. We got halfway through with me staying calm. WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and htalkradio.com. Let's talk about that uh, 47-point total (laughs) when we come back. at home Bitcoin is absolutely ripping right now 49,460 49,490 it was at 49,000 when we went on commercial break there just a minute and a half ago I told you people a few weeks ago that uh, this month was going to be fireworks for Bitcoin and crypto I bring it up because today I talk to an absolute legend in crypto, people don't know this. Charles Hoskinson, a co-creator of Ethereum, the founder of Cardano, one of the very smartest people in the entire world, is uh, going to be doing an interview with me today, and I am so excited. This dude is a legend in my mind. If I had three people I could interview in the world, this guy would be one of them. Tom Brady would be number one. Tom Brady. Because I think he's a good dude, Tom Brady. I think Charles Hoskinson's a good dude, too. And uh, it'd be nice to try and dig in and poke away with my interviewing skills to see if people listening would also think that uh, Tom Brady's a good good dude. And we'll get a chance to determine for ourselves what we think of Mr. Charles Hoskinson, absolute genius. So I'm thrilled on this topic. I'm not so thrilled with Tony Romo. I mean, I'm looking at my notebook. I hate Tony Romo. <laughs> How does he get this gig? That's, that's in my... I don't hate him as a, as a person. I think Tony Romo as a person might be a perfectly fine person. But uh, as, as a commentator, I mean, is it just me? 
when it's like third and 17 and I have to listen to Tony Romo or, or second and seven. Well, they need to try and get seven yards here on next next play. It's like, no, they don't do. They could get 17. Like, like he says the obvious stuff all the time. And it's like, dude, I don't need you for that. I don't need you to tell me, oh, they need to get seven yards here. Like, and then he's like, well, he could kick a field goal. It'd be like a 70-yard field goal. He's, some of the things he says, I'm like, this guy has no clue what he's doing. But the, the biggest thing is when he says, and he said it last night, oh, Mahomes made a mistake with that one. And I'm just like, the unmitigated gall. I know I've, I've used those two words I used it a week and a half ago to say the same thing about Romo. Can you imagine being this guy? You lost your team directly a playoff game in Seattle because you couldn't handle a snap for an extra point. You were the direct reason. I'm talking about these other guys like, yeah, it might have been. No, Tony Romo, it was your fault. A hundred thousand million percent. Perfect snap right in your hand. And you feel like you're qualified to go on and tell Patrick Mahomes how he should have done something different. Just, just unbelievable how he gets that gig. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand who. It's got to be, he's got to be extra good looking, right? Like, I'm not the greatest judge of the looks of, of men, but I'd assume people think Tony Romo is good looking, so that's got to be why he gets the, the gig, I suppose. It's not because of how good he is with play-by-play or, the, or the, the detail afterwards. I mean, as I said, listen, it's, I'm infuriated. Like, if you don't listen to NFL you know, games that often, maybe you don't care. Maybe you don't even know what he's saying. But for somebody who knows what's going on in the game, this guy makes mistakes all the time, and he's boring. And it's, it's like, what's he talking about, dude? <laughs> so it's got to be just me. It's because he he's the one doing the Super Bowl, and I'm I'm not right. So I've I've got to be wrong. But <clears throat> I, I just wanted to share my thoughts there. The Celtics played yesterday, and I wanted to share my thoughts again on this. Number one, Sam Hauser is a total defensive liability. I, I, I just say he can't play in the playoffs. I am sorry. Unless we're up by 10 or down by 20, Sam Hauser cannot play in the playoffs. He's he, in Miami yesterday searched him out three possessions in a row when the Celts were up by like 12, and they just went at him three possessions in a row and scored every one. It just, it was, he's not fast enough. He's, he's not strong enough. He's not fast enough. You can't have a guy who's a complete and utter defensive liability in the game in the playoffs, when you have such a great, well-rounded defensive squad behind, you know, besides him, the other four players on the court be working their tails off, only to see the other team isolate Hauser and go to work and score on him because there's nothing he can do. He like he can't he can't stop the guys on the other teams. He can't. So he he can't play in the playoffs. You can play now, Sam, and I'm rooting for you, dude. I, I mean, uh. But you just your defense is not good, <laughs> and so I wanted to make sure people understand that because if he's playing in the playoffs and getting torched, I'm going to be upset, and you're going to want to be tuning into the show here so you can sound and, and become educated about basketball and what's going on. As I uh, look down at my coach shirt, you did people hear our first and second grade team won on Saturday? Yes. We were down four to five. We were up, I think, four to one. Then we were down four to five. We ended up winning, I think, eight to five. Our girls came up big in Tuesday's game. I mean, sorry, Saturday's game. And now we'll have Tuesday's practice tomorrow before our last game of the year playing 
a team that's beaten us three times already. We'll see if we can turn the tables in that one. Poor Zingas. He does seem to be getting hurt a lot, doesn't he, in the last couple of weeks? Like going back to the locker room? I think it's three times now in the last couple of weeks. And, I mean, we need this dude to win. It's pretty obvious. When he catches the ball at the free throw line, like the percentages of him scoring, pretty darn good. You need to have that option. I mean, it's a workable option that's like a guarantee in the playoffs. Like, you know, teams aren't going to all of a sudden defend it differently and be able to stop him because he can just rise up and shoot at He's seven, eight, <laughs> whatever feet tall he is, and it's impossible to block his shot. End of quarter stuff for the Celtics. People, I have to track this consistently. It's just so much time. Going back to the end of the second quarter, Derek White. Thank God Derek White had the ball, not Tatum. I wasn't exposed to another uh, end of half. Jason Tatum milking the clock down to the end. Step back three, air ball or brick off the rim. As I continue to uh, count down the days here, or add up the days, since the last time Jason Tatum has actually made a shot at the end of the game to tie it or win it. The Jason Tatum countdown clock, game winner, game tire. I think I started up December 17th. Still ongoing. But it should be even like end of quarter. It's, our, our percentage at end of quarter isolation plays are atrocious. I'm telling you, it's between 10 and 20% max. Yesterday in the second quarter, Derek White for a change. He gets to drive the ball. I'm happy to see it. Turnover. Okay, well, Derek White didn't work it. Third quarter. End of the third quarter. Milking down the clock. Jalen Brown has the ball. Okay, go ahead, Jalen. Pass, turnover. Just throws it totally cross-court over the guy's head. It's like, dude, there's a problem here. I was wrong in my San Francisco 49ers prediction, and these problems, they don't bode well for the Celtics. I'm just telling you, if you cannot end execute at end-of-quarter situations, dude, that's what the playoffs are about in the fourth quarter. You got you to gotta get to your spot, know what you're going to run, and execute. The Celts can't do it. It's Joe Mazzulla's fault. I mean, today's blame day, right? Whether you want to blame San Francisco and all these different players. I mean, you can always throw blame when somebody's losing. I want to try and be upbeat. Listening to myself say these words, I sound kind of like a downer today. It's Monday. I'm happy I'm interviewing Hoskinson. <laughs> Third quarter, Jalen Brown, that pass, though. It's like, dude, what, what are you doing? What are you throwing over the guy's head for? Like, like, please, can we figure out what we're going to do at end of quarter situations, Missoula? Please find something that's going to work and just keep going to it. It's not a Tatum step back three. I'd say let Derek White continue to do it, but whatever. Maybe I'm outvoted. Bruins, do you know? They got absolutely spanked on Saturday. Disappointing 3 nothing loss after a great win Thursday against Vancouver. So Swayman, Jeremy Swayman's been in goal two games since the All-Star break, since we came back. He's lost them both and looked bad. Lena Selmark looked great. So who's going to get the start tomorrow night against Tampa at home? It's Selmark's turn. He's going to be in net. Bruins got four more games at home and then go on the road for six out of seven. Still 
three-point lead in the East, number one seed. But it's time for the Bruins to uh, you know, put, the, put this thing together. Or maybe it's time for Swayman to put it together. If Omar comes out tomorrow night and has a great game and the Bruins win, you start to go, wait a second, Swayman was our guy. People are all saying trade Omark. <laughs> and, and Swayman's gotten spanked in his two games here since the All-Star break. If Omark wins tomorrow, he'll have shut out Edmonton, right? Or what, what, maybe it was 4-1. Or Vancouver, I mean. And then Tampa. Let's go, Omar. Let's 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 create a goalie controversy, please, tomorrow. Let's go, Linus Omar. Let's go, Boston Bruins. Let's go, Sports Machine with Slim. WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord. 101.9 FM in Manchester. This is NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. Two things I want to cover, real quick. One, on a very positive note, for anybody that uh, loves to listen to WKXL Radio, on Friday we taped a episode of WKXL Spotlight, and it aired at four o'clock on the airwaves uh, with the Dalton Teen Challenge, New Hampshire. The director of Adult and Teen Challenge New Hampshire, Hector Andujar, was on. We did an incredible interview. I listened to it again this morning. And uh, if you have anybody out there that is struggling with addiction, I would highly encourage you to go to nhtalkradio.com. Just find the link for that WKXL Spotlight. You don't have to download any apps. That's the cool thing about the, about our, our station, I'll tell you that, with the website. You don't have to download any app. You just go to the website, boom, hit play. Up it goes, rocking and rolling. And I, I think that would be a good use of some people's time out there to listen to that episode. Super Bowl, as I'm getting ready to watch it yesterday, with my kids, five and seven years old, we hear the national anthem, Reba McIntyre. Go get him, Reba. I didn't think it was great, but hey, it was good enough. I'm not being judgmental. She did her thing. Um... Immediately after the national anthem gets played, cuts to commercial. What do we see? Explosions, things blowing up, violence. My five and seven year old, like I don't let them. We don't let them watch that stuff. So, the the commercial is oh, hey, you got to try and distract them. It's like you know, oh, and I'm go change a channel or something real quick. And it's like what a shame that you can't watch a game like that as a sports fan and just like. Be able to watch it with your kids. You have to always be on guard. You can't relax. And people be, oh, you know, those, well, you're worried too much. It's like, the, no, dude. You, you get desensitized to that type of stuff. Don't you think that impacts their little brain? But the people that are making those decisions on the marketing side of things, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. So I just wanted to talk about that. And I'll just say, if I was a media buyer in that situation or, or whatever it was, I just wouldn't put that on at 630 in the afternoon on a Sunday when it's the most popular, widely watched TV show of the entire year. I'd save it till after 9 or 10 o'clock. Okay, there we go. That's my uh, two cents on that. My brother Dave, you got two cents to share with us? 
I do, Slim. Yeah, you sound like you're dragging a little bit. I thought I'd call and see if I could inject a little energy into the conversation today. Uh, I, I what a what a what a you know. I, I don't know if it was a disappointing game. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. an exciting game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it's really really difficult for me to get a feel for this. I talked to. I was getting texts last night from friends. What a terrible, floppy game. And then there are other people, you know, I mean, super <laughs> exciting. Hey, wish it was, wish they, wish Kansas City had just kicked a field goal at the end so it could have kept going. Right. Seems like there's opinions everywhere this morning. Yeah, opinions. Everybody's got one. And uh, I'm with you. It was like, I, I don't know if it was exciting or it was. A, the, the announcers seem to be back, bouncing back and forth. That's because there wasn't a ton of scoring, right? But that leads me to the under-over total. Dave, I don't know if you had another topic, but isn't it funny? I had said a couple weeks ago, San Francisco, I predict, will win by one or two, which easily could have happened if they didn't miss the, the point after. <laughs> that just seemed to throw a wrench in that plan. But... Where and I described why I thought it would hit in there, so both sides could lose. But isn't it funny that under over total lands right on forty seven, and it bounced back and forth between forty seven and forty seven and a half over the two weeks, right? Yes, I was lucky enough to have it at forty seven and a half. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it never should have been close. I mean, that, that, but watching the game, boy, it's just it was. It's hard to ignore the fact that you know Brock Purdy is in the Super Bowl. Right, I mean, like that's that's the story. I just don't know if it's going to get enough attention about just how mediocre the NFL really is right now. When you look at the NFC, the quarterbacks that they boast, you know, or don't boast, you know, and, <laughs> and that Brock Purdy is a super. I mean, the the San Francisco 49ers second half possessions were three and out, three and out, three and out, fumbled on the punt, and then the one touchdown drive. They had five possessions, and those were there. I mean, you couldn't get a first down. You couldn't even retain the ball on one of them. Like that's. It was such bad football. And what about the play at the end, Dave, when um, they had a chance to go in and score a, a touchdown? They had to settle for a field goal. Purdy um, avoided a sack because it was pressure up in his face, but there were a couple guys absolutely wide open. And I will say, I, I rewatched that play on Twitter. Somebody posted one of the offensive linemen was just like, had no clue, didn't block anybody, just stood there, let the dude run right by him, and that's the guy that put the heat. It was Chris Jones, I think, right on Purdy, and I'm just like, what's the play call Like from a coaching he, standpoint? <laughs> yeah, he might not have, but I'll tell you, that that, that throw was still on Brock Purdy. Because if you watch the over-the-top view, Debo, I think it was, De- I'm pretty sure it was Debo Samuel, was open immediately. I mean, uh, uh, like I, that's where, if it's a Peyton Manning, if it was a Tom Brady, if, even if it oh, was yeah. a Joe Burrow, they, they throw that ball, he waited an extra second because he needs the guy to be that open. Like, that's the difference between being an a, a NFL superstar and an NFL quarterback, is that one extra second, that's what allows the defensive line to get to you. So, I mean, if you go watch that play, it was a half second. Debo puts his hand in the air, he's wide open. Like, that ball has to be out of your hands at that point in time. He waited one extra second and then threw an, an error pass, maybe because he was under pressure. Right, but Ayuk was open over the middle a little bit later, wide open too, and there was no safety there that would have intercepted the ball. And so you, you know something, it's a great comment by you, Dave, because I opened up the show kind of saying, Purdy played good, you can't blame him, but really, it's just that he didn't make the big mistake. I think there was one pass that could have been picked off, but for the most part, he like kept things out of trouble and didn't make the mistake. But you're absolutely right, he didn't really make any great, great plays either, did he? And listen, he he missed he missed Ayuk in the in the first quarter, and quite honestly, Debo he had mm-hmm. on a, on a deep post out. And Debo, you know, if Debo was the next level wide receiver, he would have caught the ball. 
I mean, he just he had every opportunity to go get it, and he just didn't do it. But Purdy missed a couple of guys who were open for the, for for touchdowns. You know, but but the difference in the game to me was you come out of half, you're up seven, you get an interception from Mahomes on a terrible pass. Like right. it was a terrible Horrible. throw by Patrick Mahomes. You have the ball in plus territory, and you come out and you throw incomplete, incomplete a uh, 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 penalty, and then complete pass. Like you totally abandoned who you are because you know. And, and again, this is where Shanahan has done this in the past. There is no reason to drop Purdy back six consecutive times in the second half to open up the or, or six consecutive times to open up the second half. It's terrible play calling. Shanahan has done this multiple times. He's now had uh, a double-digit or seven-point lead in all three Super Bowl appearances, and he has a 1-1. I said it earlier, Dave. My first call this morning, if I'm the owner of the 49ers, is I'm calling Belichick. There's no re- San Francisco has the best team in the league from a talent perspective. The defensive coordinator for San Francisco is atrocious, and now you're coming on and saying yeah, you're making a lot of sense. The offensive side of the ball, coaching wise, I mean, kind of atrocious too. Their their athletes are so incredible on that team. They're the best team in football, but I just don't think their coaching is where it needs to be. Belichick would definitely win the Super Bowl with them. No doubt about it. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the difference with with Patrick Mahomes is he just doesn't tighten up like everybody else. I mean, honestly, as soon as the game gets going, like, that's when he plays good football. I mean, I really just thought San Fran did a terrible, terrible job. They all tightened up in the second half of that game. When they didn't score, I thought getting the turnover, not scoring right away, and dropping Purdy back three times with three incompletions, I thought that that was exactly why the the, the team tightened up. You could Everybody feel, on that team knew. You could feel yeah. a change in momentum at a few different points in the second half, and I was screaming at my TV, like, do something different. They just kept rushing the four guys on defense. And is it, you have to mix things up. They should have brought a pressure one guy up the middle. They did one time. They blitzed like seven or eight guys. And it's like you can't do that. Mahomes was ready for it, made a completion. It's like they just didn't do anything unexpected. The one play or two they did unexpected, they scored their first touchdown on, right, when they threw the ball back. And that easily could have been a pick six the other way except for one incredible block by that lineman on San Fran on that play. What did you think about that play call, like going for you know the, the, the reverse to pass back or whatever it is? <laughs> Listen, I mean, it worked out. I wasn't a huge fan of the play call. I just I don't want Jennings back there throwing that ball. or you know, but, but, it, but it worked out, right? I mean, they only had two blockers on that side of the field, Kansas City, and you had five offensive linemen. So, I mean, if he's able to complete the ball, he's going to score. You know, but that just kind of talks about why the rest of the game I mean, they ran a couple of quick yes. slant outs to Debo where he caught the ball and got 10 yards, right? Like, they had that play there. They never once tried to a double reverse or just to continue pushing that ball to the outside. And you could see in the side, even in overtime, Kansas City was gassed. San Fran was gassed, too. They were both, oh, both. tired. Ridiculous, yeah. I mean, you, you just you had to move that ball out wide. And not for nothing, I will say this, if you want to beat Mahomes in Kansas City, you have to play to win. You cannot exactly. get... Yeah, uh, uh, conservative. You can't. Hey, we're gonna play for like you have to play for a touchdown. That was the one thing I thought San Fran didn't do that they really needed to within overtime. Yeah, he didn't do anything different. I, I, I was I was disappointed that they didn't try and get after it when you could feel momentum switch because San Fran it just felt like they were gonna win the game. I, I watching the whole game, I was like they're gonna win. They're they're gonna win. Did, I woke up this morning still like I can't believe they didn't win. It felt like San Fran should have won, Dave. Am I imagining that? No, San Fran was the better team. San Fran was better. They just didn't have the better quarterback. Or the better coaches. My brother Dave, 
Uh, you're, you're available, are you not? If a team wants to call you today, can I give out your number to uh, <laughs> add you to the As coaching staff? <laughs> I do have a full-time job, but, I, but I'm available for part-time consulting. <laughs> there we go. Thank you very much for calling the show today. This has been the Sports Machine with Slim Recap Weekend Edition. WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. I'm going to try and fix my voice up before uh, my interview with Hoskinson coming up later today. Have a good day, everybody.